Hey, TalkHouse listeners, this week, instead of a new episode, we're going to resurface one we did earlier this year with Remy Wolf and Benny Sings, because I can't get their collaboration out of my head. It's called Pajamas. I keep hearing it on the radio. I keep putting it on. There hasn't been a a song of the summer contender yet, and I know this song probably came out like in February, March, but listen to the chat. It's a great one. They talk about toe infections uh, and collaborating and lyrics and stuff. Uh, And then give Pajamas a spin because it's a great one. See you next week. Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz. Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim. And you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk House Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we've got a pair of songwriters separated by thousands of miles who came together recently for a killer single, Remy Wolf and Benny Sings. Wolf has been writing songs since her early teens, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that her neon pop jams started getting some social media attention. A major label came calling and Wolf spent a good chunk of the early pandemic making her full-length debut album Juno, which she named after her recently adopted dog. It's one of those deceptively sunny records that hides some bigger emotions inside huge hooks, and it led to a bunch of amazing singles like Anthony Kiedis, that's the name of the song, and tours. Wolf will play Coachella next month. As you'll hear in this chat, Wolf met Dutch singer-songwriter Benny Sings when both were playing a Spanish festival that had some kind of medieval theme. Wolf was already a fan of Benny's work, both as a performer and a producer. Not only has he released a ton of great music on his own, but he also co-wrote a hit with Rex Orange County and has worked with the likes of Mac DeMarco. Benny's music has a sort of classic soft pop vibe. He playfully mixes in hip-hop and island vibes on occasion, too, making the sort of breezy songs that easily get stuck in your head. When it came time to record his brand new album, Young Hearts, which comes out next week, he reached out to Remy for some vocal assistance. The result is a delightful little nugget called Pajamas. Check out a little bit of that song right here. We could take a walk on Cabana Beach Read a book or two about the birds in Cali See a movie about Sao Paulo. Have you seen the new documentary? In this chat, Remy and Benny talk about collaborating on the video for Pajamas. She directed it, adding some of the visual flair she's known for. They also chat about songwriting in general, whether it's craft or divination. And they get into whether technology is good or evil, and whether these two would survive a tech apocalypse. Enjoy. How are you? Um, I'm good. <laughs> Where are you? I'm in my house in Los Angeles. Where are oh, you? Right. I'm in my studio in Amsterdam. Okay. In the middle of the city. Yes. Yeah. Next to the river. I just had a crazy morning and have like a lot of um, weird ailments. I have an infection on my toe. <laughs> on your toe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had to go to the doctor this morning and they pretty much just like told me that they don't know what to do. Like they just put me on like antibiotics and they don't know what it is. So your toe has to be removed. He was like, yeah, like it could either be like, you know, like a pretty benign infection or it could be something way worse. And I was just like, 
why the hell? Great doctor. Yeah, so, so cool. And he also couldn't make eye contact with me. Sometimes doctors mm-hmm. are like not not the vibe, but sometimes they are. All love to doctors. But yeah, doctors <laughs> are the best. My, <laughs> my father is a doctor, actually. I remember we talked about that at one uh, point. Yeah. Because wait, aren't all your siblings doctors or something? No, but there are a lot of medical people in my family. Oh, yeah. The other thing that happened was I have this, um, I have like kind of a stuffy nose right now, but it's because there's this neighborhood cat that will like come and scratch at my door and like purr and like meow really loudly. And I call him Angus Young. Uh I thought he was a stray for a while, but he'll come in and he'll just like lay on my couch for like five hours. But I'm allergic to cats, but I like feel so bad for him that I just let him in. And uh, so, yeah, now I have allergies. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I remember the morning from the video you were going through a deep thing as well. Yes. Oh because my of God. the rug. You were dying. Yeah. And, and then dying. you had to sh- smoke f- four cigarettes in a row before <laughs> breakfast for the first yeah. shot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was at like 8 a.m. Oh, yeah. We just we just released a song. Yes. Yes. I, I'm super happy with it. Me too. I think it's great. I feel so uh, grateful. Uh, uh, ugly word, but it's true that, like you, you just go all in for it as well. You, you fucking directed the video, posting like a lot of stuff, and so I feel very honored. You know? Oh, thank you. I feel, yeah. I feel also honored. You just were like, do whatever you want, and I was like, all right. And I've never like directed a video kind of all by myself before so it was a very just like a really amazing learning experience for me yeah it it looked like you're doing it forever really okay i think it turned out pretty good what do you think i love the video and um so i i was again afraid that i was there was too much acting and plot involved but but this kind of acting and plot is logical because it just follows the lyrics the beat you know, it's a video like you want a video to be. And mm. that's so hard to uh, get by these days because it's always an interpretation of someone else who does a completely vague thing with your song that you think like, well, but it doesn't like interact with the song or anything, you know. But uh, this time it's just so one on one that it's just super funny. I think sometimes collaborating with other people like who don't make music and only do visual stuff, sometimes it can be incredible. And I think that I truly like am obsessed with your videos. <laughs> so oh, really? I was, oh yeah, I love all of them like so wow. much. So I was like nervous. I was trying to like make it both of our worlds, but like cinematically, like your videos are just so beautiful. And I just wanted to do that, which is like, I feel like the complete opposite of my videos. My videos are like crunchy and like, yeah hideous <laughs> i was kind of hoping for that but you know okay well <laughs> but but i'm i'm super happy with what it became it's interesting collaborating with non-musicians because sometimes i'll get edits back and like none of the cuts are too like a beat yeah on the song yeah <laughs> like it's they're just making a story and your music is kind of the background to it you know yeah but w- we want the visuals to just add to the music i liked what we did with the coloring i think it would have been awesome if we could print it the film but i think we got it to a pretty decent place for what we have yeah 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 it's totally believable yeah who uh, came up with the squeals with the seal squeal sound the seal um how do you call that oh the seagull 
That was Nima. <laughs> oh my god, that that made the song like twenty five percent better for real. I know that squeal like, sound. So squeal. <laughs> stupidly timed. I know it's so funny. <laughs> I don't even know where they found that footage, but I was I was really happy with that. Yeah. Fuck yeah! What have you been doing? How's your uh, how's album release going? Or just how's everything going? Yeah, it's it's good. It's just crazy times. Uh, busy uh, also with the home, you know, with the three kids. Yeah, you have you have the seven month old baby. Yeah, yeah, and uh, two other kids. So uh, yeah, we had a rehearsal today. Went home, cooked, and uh, brought the children to bed. And now I'm here again. So it's it's kind of crazy, but it's great. I mean, uh, I'm also like kind of a numbers guy. I'm sorry to say so, but like pajamas is doing so good. <laughs> So I'm uh, yeah, I'm like see this I know, me too. You want the hit, you know? Yeah. Which I mean so so do I. We all want yeah. we all want the hit. It's just that uh, I've been failing my entire life. So people think that I'm just <laughs> like super in integer or how do you call it, artist that you know doesn't Indeed. want the money and the fame. And I'm not that interested in the money and the fame, I have to say, but I'm I am interested in having a, a healthy career and providing for my kids and stuff. Yeah, it is just funny that you perceive like <laughs> your entire career as this like pop failure. My goal was to be a failed songwriter. That was like the romantic image of it all. The goal was to be a failed songwriter. Yeah, I, I had this romantic image of, wow, would it be great to just be... There was this guy in a movie, I think it was like uh, The Hand of Rocks the Cradle or something. Okay. A movie like that. And, and like Jason Bateman played this failed composer who only made like music for cat food commercials and stuff this mm -hmm. 90s movie <laughs> and he was totally frustrated with his life and stuff and and i thought like i want to be that guy and that <laughs> that turned out to be the perfect like strategy because then you keep on going and you, you don't mind the failures you know mm. what was your goal i didn't even have like a specific like idol or person that I like was like, I want to be that and I want that to be my career path. I think I was just like, I love playing music live and I love to um, make friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and my career happened so quickly out of college. Like, I think I was expecting, I was expecting to like really struggle. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. For, for a lot longer. And I think I just got really lucky that I released music and people immediately took to it. You went to school for music as well, but I went I went to school for like pop music. I was making like music that I wanted people to like and that I liked. I mean, I love I love popular music. I'm still learning how to like write songs. I'm still learning how to produce. I'm still learning everything. Like I feel like I'm just always learning. So I don't know. But when I was younger, my goal was to be like a painter, like an artist. But you were a professional skier. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but <laughs> you didn't like really, that. No, it never really was my dream. I liked aspects of it. Like I liked the team aspect of it. And obviously when you're like moving your body and like working out, I guess essentially yeah. you, you feel good. I was never like, oh, I really want to go to the Olympics or like I really want to be like the sponsored skier. I was kind of always like, I want to be a singer and I want to be a, I really wanted to be like a draw, like visual artist, which I still really? do. <laughs> because it's so different. There's no making friends in drawing. No, but I like, I like the solitude element. And I think that now 
like with my job as a musician, it is so social. Like literally I'm never, I'm never alone ever. Yeah. So yeah, it's sometimes the drawing and the painting now is kind of this, um, this like solitude, this like needed solitude in my life that I really, really, really love. And I'll like, when I get the time to do it, I'll like, I'll sit on my couch and watch TV for eight hours and just draw the entire time. Oh, and I'll make, and I'll make like 20 paintings or like 20 drawings and just be like, feel really good about it. <laughs> TV has a bad rap as well, right? Like while making stuff or just in general? No, yeah, but even watching TV while doing nothing. I mean, it's just, uh, we, we don't have a TV right now in our house and I miss it. You miss the TV, yeah. I miss the bullshit TV, especially like... Dude, me too. Just the, the mindless watching other people do really annoying and stupid stuff. Just know? like having it on in the background is also so comforting. Mm -hmm. Like my favorite, my favorite place to watch TV, like in the world is like in a hotel room. Yeah. And just putting on like the food network and watching people compete. Yeah. Master Chef. Wait, go. so you haven't been watching TV at all recently? Uh, no, no. It's just when you get kids, your life is just totally different. You can't even imagine. I would imagine that having the TV could make it maybe easier. <laughs> if, the, if you plant the kids in front of the TV. Yeah, but you don't want to do that. So they have the, the iPad and they watch, uh, you know, clips. Clips, okay. Or how do you call that? Net Netflix or anything like that. So you don't you don't watch Netflix? Uh, no. So, I mean, I do, like, watch a show with my wife or watch a documentary. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So we do that once in a while. But it's, like, rarely these days. It's, like, uh, maybe once a month or something. Damn. For for the rest, it's just like cl the cleaning up takes to ten thirty at night. Mm. You're totally exhausted, and you're then you're sitting next to each other on the couch. You have to like arrange stuff like kid parties. Uh, did you pay that? Da, 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 da. Then mm -hmm. it's eleven o'clock, and you're so fucking tired. You need to go to sleep, and then at yeah. six o'clock, you're on again. So um. <laughs> So do you recommend having kids? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you like about it? Yes, the best thing ever, yeah. So someone, a certain psychiatrist says how to have a fulfilled life is to find a burden that's worth lifting. Mm. So if you don't have anything that's tough, you know, you're going to be miserable mm. at the end. Uh, so find a, find a burden worth lifting. And I found my burden that's worth lifting. So the worth that's worth lifting lifting that part is very important so that it's very hard but if the payoff is insanely big so the payoff for me would be at that moment at 11 o'clock when everything is done the house is totally quiet we cleaned everything the kids are asleep with uh, full stomachs you know mm. that feeling is like no meditation no tv nothing can can give you that sense of total groundedness like why am i here yeah holy shit i mean it sounds so hard but i i feel like i have the opposite problem in my life like my days are sitting in the studio and putting all my energy into that which like i don't know if i would call music a burden it's definitely something that it's definitely not a burden yeah no it's hard it's hard but i but it, it's not oh a burden like like working out like no. real sh real shitty thing but do you, would you like to have kids? Yeah. 
I really, I actually really do. I want the challenge and I just like, I think I just, this is, sounds weird, but it, it, it would be just nice to have like this little person or these little people that like, like are such a part of you. It's like, this is, this might be like a toxic thing to say, but it's like a little, it's like these little friends that you make for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that means that I'm like, deeply lonely in my like personal <laughs> life <laughs> um but i mean that part of it sounds like really fun because like they are they are a part of you like genetically and um i mean they've got to inherit some of your shit and that's probably hard too because it's like it, i imagine it acts as a mirror and you get frustrated with that yeah or pe- it seems like people get frustrated with that at times and that just like causes a lot of like strange tensions between parents and kids but it also does sound really fun and it sounds fun to like do things for someone else like that because, that's the thing yeah because if you're in a relationship with somebody like you can do shit for someone else but at the end of the day they're a human adult that should be able to get their shit done yeah you know before before there was like a society and like jobs and shit and uh i don't know capitalism like you had you just had to have kids and i mean mm-hmm. like the purpose of of existing was to bring new life that's like yeah. most living things purpose is to like spread <laughs> spread yeah. their seed in air quotes spread. but like yeah. literally like like fucking trees or like flowers the reason that flowers exist are is to s- attract bees to spread out more yeah. flowers <laughs> And then they die. We're all just like, we're just like paint spots that are spreading and they're, they're getting bigger or getting smaller. And yeah, we're one of those spots. Exactly. We're just like the dominant crazy spot. That's like the cockroach of earth that like yeah. the, the tidal waves are coming to destroy. I do love us cockroaches. Oh, we're so, we're so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is Josh Modell, host of the Talk House podcast. We love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of the Talk House is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. They also make it easy to upload lyrics and metadata, and to track your earnings, and share them with your bandmates and co-writers. You can even snap on extras like Instant Share, which allows for easy collaboration. The DistroKid app makes it all a seamless experience that will save you a ton of time, that would be better spent making music. The DistroKid app is now available on iOS. Head over to the App Store to download it. All bands and artists have jobs, right? Jobs they do like, others they don't. Times they're fucked up and they've had to face the boss with rosy cheeks and the tails between their legs. 
101 Part-Time Jobs is the podcast where we hear those stories. I've had some killer guests on, like The Chisel, Chastity Belt, Real Estate, Kurt Vile, Mannequin Pussy, and so many more. If you subscribe to 101 Part-Time Jobs podcast, you'll be getting two episodes weekly. That's a promise. See you soon. I just went on this trip to, um, I went to Puerto Rico and to the Dominican Republic. And so I was like on full island time. It was my first vacation I've ever t- like taken in my life. Right. Um, like not with my family, like a solo vacation. And getting out of your house is just amazing. <laughs> getting yeah. out of your house and just like seeing a completely different culture. It just like puts everything into perspective. And I don't know. I just love, I just love that. This is annoying, but I feel like I ha- living in LA, there's just weird pitfalls that you can fall into but like body dysmorphia stuff and there's just all these like hot people around you all the time and then Mm. i went to the dominican republic and like everybody of like every shape and size was just like going so ham at the beach and just like all in two pieces and the kids were running around like the parents were running around the grandparents were running around and it was just like so liberating to just sit there wow. and be like, these people are truly just like so stoked to like yeah. be na- be naked right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just like the most refreshing, refreshing totally. shit of my life in their bodies. Yeah, in wow. their bodies, and it's I think like sometimes when like with our job, like having to look at our faces all the time and like look at all these photos of us all the time, like it's in our face because we have to post that shit, you know. It's like, it can be, for me, it can get really difficult mentally. And yeah. like, even making our video is hard for me because it's just like, oh, I like fucking, like, there's a lot of times that I just like hate looking at myself. Yeah. yeah I just yeah. like don't want to be confronted with like that, like all yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I even had that before the job, I, I, I think, like when I was a kid already. I was like, oh, yeah. Totally me too. Conscious of my body. Wow. When I was a kid, I was, really conscious of my body because I was when I was skiing we would wear these have you seen like racers they wear like speed suits like they're these skin tight suits like I was I was in that all the time so just Mm -hmm. so body conscious constantly and I mean at the time I was like really fit so and was still having those thoughts wow so now I'm like a musician that like sits in the studio all day yeah and like doesn't get to go to the gym like as much as I want to and then it's and then like also confronted with myself on a screen and then also confronted with like like the just toxicity of Los Angeles on like an everyday thing I don't know I'm like I'm just trying to debunk everything in my brain that society has taught us like because society like it or just like the media, I think that it just wants you to hate yourself. And recently, like I think the Domin- being in the Dominican Republic was like, for some reason, this this weird catalyst to me being like, wait, I want to like debunk all this stuff and like, yeah, get I f- fucking like myself. God damn it! Yeah, like fuck, it's so crazy. But I, I, I am almost like doubting, like, is it society? Because I had this like as a young kid, even, you know, and that was in like the 80s. There was no Internet, no nothing, you know. Yeah, but in the 80s, like you see ads and everybody was on cocaine and everybody's doing like aerobics and they're like skinny as shit and like yeah. not eating. I think it's been baking 
into like the fabric of our thought for a long time and has just like climaxed at social media being like the worst it's ever been for sure because it's just like constant you can't choose like you can choose to pick up a magazine and like flip through it but we're like addicted to our phones so like Mm. there's an element of not even being able to like control that and you can't control like what ads you're being fed so if the world goes the right way right Mm -hmm. what's going to be the big solution for the phone problem i don't think it's possible for them to be gone there's so many amazing things about the phone and the internet is the world or at least our world is run by the internet at this point like it's it's so deeply in there like if if the grid of all of the us or like all of the netherlands were to go out we'd be completely fucked yeah we would all like die soon like half of us we would die die. yeah (laughs) like my mother my wife would all be dead yeah everyone would die like in probably maybe not days but yeah it it would be in time in time yeah so it's hard for me to be like oh like fuck the internet yeah like, right fuck the phone because we need it at this point i have this like deep fear of ai and yeah. um i'm trying to not be as scared of it because it seems like an inevitable future i don't know what do you think i have the exact same answers as you i think like i can't see like a solution at the moment so yeah. And I do see like a problem. I, I'm not happy like uh, the way I am with my phone and my kids are. I'm, I'm, I'm really like concerned about it. So, but I, I'm so I'm also like not angry at the internet or angry at the world or humanity. Like I love humanity and I think the internet is like an amazing discovery, you know? Yeah. I, it's so weird because I, in, on one hand, I just like want to get rid of it all. And then on the other hand, I just think that there's no way we can. And I, I think we're going into this thing where at, in like a couple years, I think we're just going to be so completely merged with technology. And I don't even know what that means, but like, I feel like it's so, it's going to be so profound that we like can't even imagine it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. in a way that people couldn't imagine like phones. Right. Like I yeah. feel like there's going to be something that happens that yeah. we literally have no idea what it is, but it's going to be so profoundly changing. It's going to be so weird. I think the part that scares me, and I don't know why this is, but the part that makes me so nervous is like, I don't like not knowing what's like real and what's fake. Yeah. Like the deep fake stuff of AI kind of freaks me out because yeah, I. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a weird ego thing, but I just like, I don't want to be tricked. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like being tricked. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like, if I, it's like some weird trauma from like being bullied, like when I was like in second grade or something. I just don't like the idea of being tricked by like a robot. Yeah. So probably there is some version of a good future where it all goes to shit and we just like pick our groups and we just go into groups again, like, and we're cut off. <laughs> from uh all electronics oh no then we like we cave style like, cave we would style. die we in would, a second yeah we would die because we have no survival skills you don't have tv no i ha- there's a show called the last of us and it's about this apocalypse that pretty much happens there it's like a post-apocalypse and it's like about this virus this fungal virus that killed like most people in two days mm-hmm. and then like 
the rest of <laughs> the rest of um the show is like about this this guy who survives and this girl who was born post-apocalypse who ha- who's immune to the virus mm. and like and he's trying to get her across the country but like all the people that survived in this show are like people who knew how to operate guns and like people who knew like random survival skills and people who were like smart enough to form like a communities right like community leaders and it's like like we would be dead like oh (laughs) but we're we're probably good at making friends we're we're great at making friends but then we We would die in a day yeah we would would make friends through the death which would be like i guess pretty awesome or life skills yeah (laughs) we would be very hungry and (laughs) <laughs> make make songs you know fuck yeah man i don't know this is it. we're in a weird time it's a weird ass fucking time yeah let's see wait should we talk about how we met each other is that like way far gone we like <laughs> how did we meet we both somehow knew of each other and then we were both in spain oh right yeah 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 and yeah, yeah. there was this festival that was being held at this hotel which doubled as a water park yeah and it also doubled as like a robin hood themed jousting yeah. arena yeah midi- medieval <laughs> stuff like yeah, a yeah, medi- yeah. medieval times robin hood jousting arena yeah and we both played in the dirt covered jousting arena yeah yeah and and i think you guys had just played your set and you guys played at like 11 or something uh-huh and you guys were walking back to your like little rooms right right and then we were walking to our set yeah i think i played it like two yeah oh that's that sucks with being like a bigger name like you are that you have to play so late that's like that's some europe shit though like you guys love to do late i feel like here like the latest show would start at like 10 and Mm -hmm. then it would be done by 11 30 and then everybody goes home unless it's like some dj stuff but i remember meeting you you guys were walking back and I was walking too. And uh, it was like so random. Yeah. It was like so surreal because I had just gotten off a plane. I was so jet lagged and I had yeah. gotten like two hours of sleep. And I was like, oh, like Benny sings. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think the first real time we had like a real conversation was probably when we made pajamas, right? When you came in, yeah. And that was amazing. You, we had like made a couple of jams with no vocals or maybe with some vocals here and there. You came in like in one minute you were like putting vocals on all of these jams and it was just insane <laughs> to, to witness like song Fuck after yeah. song just blurred it out. It's it super great. Sometimes I'll get in these like manic like creative bursts for like two weeks and I like can't stop and then it dies and to get back into it I have to kind of put myself into the mania again and yeah. then it's like a self-perpetuating thing. But I remember that was so fun. I yeah. had like the best time that day. Yeah, yeah. You were like so awesome that day. Like all the lyrics were just amazing. The, mm. the salmon salmon sandwich with some pickles. I was just like, how are you even doing that? But I feel like you're pulling from your life. Like, are you eating that sandwich? No, or? no, not at all. No, no, no. That's, it's really, that's fake? Yeah, it's all, it's all more sandwich. like phonetic. Phonetics for salmon me. And then, yeah. Right, and then something comes out. Yeah. It feels it feels good to sing that. Yeah, I'm similar. I'm I write in a similar way. Yeah, 
Like just, yeah. I want it to feel good coming out. And sometimes right. it just doesn't matter what I'm saying. Yeah. And whenever you really want to say something, you know, that's in your head, it always comes out shitty. You know, yeah. Never, never, never great. <laughs> Are you a person that will write on your phone or anything like pre going into just jamming or like a session situation? Or are you fully in the room? Just like everything written in the room? Yeah, I never write much. Yeah. I did that like maybe 10, 15 years ago or something. I had this book with all the stuff in there, but never a song that made it, you know, never came out of that. So I, mm. I just skipped that whole part. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Sometimes I will like sit and actually write a song and then like bring it in to a session or like I'll be like, oh, like I have like four lines like i have like a little poem situation but i on, yeah. i never end up using that shit you train your subconscious with that probably because there's a theory behind that which i don't know if it's totally true but i do kind of believe it so the theory is that your subconscious is a way bigger uh work engine like in computer terms like it's it has way more power than your mm. uh conscious thinking Mm -hmm. I think often like something way more brilliant comes out when you just blurt something out and you think like, what could that mean or something? It's way more a subconscious process and your subconscious is way more associative and has way more links to uh, everything yeah. than if you're trying to do that consciously. It's way too complicated to, to yeah. make some, some great piece of art so you should just let more like your subconscious go or something yeah. i'm so with you i'm like the worst version of myself when i'm like thinking about anything <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like so much better and less anxious and just more free when yeah. i just like let let the world pass through yeah. instead of trying to like craft the moment or something mm -hmm. yep it's like the same as um kind of like we were talking about before like setting expectations like you were saying that your expectation was to be like a failed songwriter that makes cat mm -hmm. jingles like using your consciousness to like create ideas i feel like is the same thing like you put because you like associate your conscious thought with your like identity and self whereas like with the subconscious it's like almost like it appeared out of thin air which can is um is almost more dissociative in a good way like in the creative process you know Yep. And then you can go back later and kind of make sense of what your brain was thinking. Right. But um, yeah, I I love I love that. I love like free associative stuff, just like just writing, like letting it just letting your brain go and then seeing what it yeah, seeing what it does. Everybody always talks about like craft and like the craft of songwriting and the craft of putting together a song. Like, what, do you have any thoughts about that? There is a craft to it. I mean, I think, like, again, not co consciously, but your my subconscious, at least, had to be trained to mm. do it. I, I really couldn't do it, songwriting, like, for 10 mm. years, but I wanted to be it, so so I was trying, but these songs were, like, not good. Like, <laughs> you know, like, or they were way too rational, or they just weren't right. Just, there was just a lot of stuff that I needed to learn just by doing. But I think when I look at you, like, yeah, you, you're a natural, so you have that craft in you, mm. probably because you were schooled early and stuff, you know? Yeah. You, yeah. So I think you're maybe without knowing it, you're, you're a great crafts person. It's like never something that I like 
think about i i'm not like oh like shit like i need to craft this song i guess i just kind of like make the song and but there's like musicians in my life that i look at and i'm like holy shit like you're an amazing craftsman but but i've I've seen you do it like in front of me like oh oh wait and then we put that thing over there uh then we put there no we have to do three layers on that you're you're totally crafting the song like You're, yeah. you're building it like an architect, like for real. And it's it's probably easy stuff for you, but it's 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 kind of like now approachable for me. But mm. for for me, 10 years ago, that would be like total magic, you know? I remember a time in my life when I felt like I had no idea. And when was that? Um, when I was like 14. Yeah, so you started like, really early. I think I just I started really early. Like I've been writing songs since I was like 13 or 14 and then right. um and then yeah, I like went to school so early and I was just doing it yeah. so incessantly and I was playing in bands and learning how to like write a song in a band scenario yeah. was yeah. was I think really informative and like let me be um let me be free but also you have to like When you're in a band, you have to pick parts. It can't just be like willy-nilly because you want to be able to play the song live. I think also what really helped me when I was younger is I my friend Chloe, who's still one of my best friends to this day. We were in a band together for four years in high school. We were in like different bands together. And having kind of a partner in the early, early years to like bounce ideas off of and kind of learn from each other and learn from each other's taste I think that was actually really, really, really critical in like my learning. Because yeah. if I if I was doing it by myself, I don't think it would have been as um, as easy or as like flowy. And then Jared, who you know, because we just yeah. worked time the other week, oh my we God. So he's amazing. Yeah. And we've been working together since we were sixteen. Did you have anybody like that at all, or was it solo? Dope? I had a band with my friends, but they were really like not musical at all. I really started like really songwriting when I was like in my 20s. Yeah. So I think that's and and I was like totally not in a good place in my head, you know, so I couldn't like really focus really well or something, you know, so so mm. uh so yeah, that's a whole different uh learning curve right there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the 20s are 20s are crazy. And you said we were talking that you went to school for like scary ambient music yeah what was it called <laughs> sonology yes yeah, it's, it's like this 50s um i don't know the word uh, in english but like it's uh you have impressionist music first classical then impressionist then you have the, the atonal music you know the orchestra mm-hmm. and after that comes somewhere in the 50s 40s 50s an electronic wave uh of composers and that's what i was taught yeah and you hated it yeah yes (laughs) yeah but uh, i don't like saying that because i respect the school and uh and the people yeah yeah. no i didn't didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) well remy hi benny yeah yes (laughs) It was great talking to you. <laughs> great talking to you. I always love talking to you. We're so different, but we're so alike. <laughs> True. So, uh, <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll see you later. I'll talk to you later. 
Thanks for listening to the TalkHouse podcast, and thanks to Remy Wolf and Benny Sings for chatting. If you like what you heard, please follow TalkHouse on your favorite podcasting platform and check out all the goodness at TalkHouse.com. This episode was produced by Myron Kaplan, and the TalkHouse theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time.